Amen. As you can see, the birthday girl has the unicorn on her head, so if you don't know if it's the... Yes, sir. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll praise it anyway, okay? Amen. So the birthday girl is not to next Sunday. We'll hold off on the happy birthday then, okay? Just be prepared. It's coming. Okay, make sure she's here so we can do it. We're going to embarrass her real nice, okay? Amen. Amen. It's front and center. That's what I'm talking about, right? All the, we're going to... Put on the extra lights on in there. So uh, right before I get into the word, I want to pray. So, Father, I thank you right now, God, and I ask, Lord, to let your will be done today, Lord. Use me as a vessel, a vessel that's full of power, God. And I ask that I not stray to the left or to the right, but only speak whatever you command me to speak, Lord, and let it be a demonstration of your Holy Spirit power. Lord, it's not about me, but it's all about you, Lord. Now use me as you see fit. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're on this sermon series on, on, on Jesus being the subject of our lives and, uh, and that it needs to be uh, the subject of our conversation. It needs to be the subject of uh, our dinner table. It needs to be the subject at night. It needs to be the subject in the morning. We have gotten away from Jesus being that subject. In our home, Jesus being that subject in our marriage, Jesus being that subject in our family, they already took it out of the school. So listen, we must be uh, uh, conscientious of making Jesus the subject of our lives. They have took it out of everywhere. Don't want us to pray no more. Don't want us to even mention the name of Jesus it's okay to mention God, but nobody want to mention the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. This week, I want to talk to you about being a witness. Being a witness of this subject. And the subject will always be Jesus. It's a special topic today because you like, Terrence, I don't know if I can be a witness, but I'm here to tell you, yes, you can, because God has given you the greatest weapon, the greatest gift that he can ever give. For those who believe in him, he has given you his spirit to live in the inside. And that spirit is of power. That spirit is of uh, uh, no fear. That spirit is, is power for you, my friend have been given the Spirit of Christ. When we look at Matthew, and I'm going to break it down to you. So here's the thing what I, I have understood and have came to, to understand that not a whole lot of pastors, not a whole lot of people know the power that they have. Not a whole lot of people know their identity in Christ. Not a whole lot of people don't know that. As a matter of fact, we don't talk about this spirit enough that we have, the power that we have in the inside. But today that's going to change. In Matthew, he said, as soon as Jesus was baptized, hallelujah, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like 
a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Like I've told you before, this was the time that, you know, the, some, the, some people say that, you know, we don't understand this trinity. We don't understand this right here is a, a perfect example of the trinity right here. It's, it shows that God is present when he said, this is my son who I am well pleased. Uh, and it shows that the spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit descending upon uh, like a dove that shows the Holy Spirit, the, second, the third part of it. And then they see Jesus who was baptized. So we got three. They got the triune right here. So. Not only that we have the triune right here, I, I would like to uh, uh, focus on the Spirit of God. Why, Terrence, you want to focus on the Spirit of God? Because I'm going to let you know that that same Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit, that same Spirit of God was also in Genesis 1 and 1. that said, when, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep of the waters. That same Spirit was also in Genesis. That same Spirit is also uh, in the book of Matthew when, he was, when, he was, uh, when the Spirit came descending like a dove. That same Spirit was also in Acts chapter 2 when that same spirit clothed them and fire like tongues. He said that same spirit, and guess what? That same spirit is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave, and that same spirit is the spirit that lives in you. Imagine though, imagine though if you really believe that though. Imagine if you really were convinced of this spirit this power that he has given us to live on the inside. Imagine if you truly believe that, listen, I have this spirit of God living in me. I know who I am in Christ. I know the power that he has given me. I know. Imagine if you really knew it, how much your life would be changed. It's literally the spirit of God living in the believer's Mad, let that sink in. He did all these miraculous signs, all these things through the Spirit. Let it sink in. My goal is for you to understand at the end of this sermon who you are in Christ and what this Spirit has done and let the power that you possess. That is my goal. We got to understand what the Spirit is. What, so we got the Spirit. So what does it do? What, what, what does the Spirit do? I mean, what? I got it. Now what? I believed in Jesus, uh, the Son of the living God. I made that confession. I was about to. I have the Spirit. Now what? In John 14, it, tells, it gives you these attributes of what the Spirit does for us. I'm going to go through a lot of them. And he talked about in John 14, verse 15, he said, listen, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That advocate that he's referring to is the Holy Spirit that he said that it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, so the Holy Spirit is there to, number one, help you. 
I don't know about you, but I need some help sometimes. Like this week for me been a crazy week. This week and the week before, my mind has been in a strong battle, and I needed some help from the Holy Spirit. I needed him to stir up some things in me and bring some things to my attention, to focus more on him. I needed some help, folks. So just like when you're going through those battles and you feel like you can't make it, you feel like you can't go through, and you feel like you're going to lose your mind, you're ready to quit, you're ready to throw in the towel, he comes as a helper. And some way, some way, somehow, you get through it. Because we have a helper there. And not only this, what you should be glad about, he said, listen, and it will be with you forever. He didn't say I will be with you for some times or another. He said it will be with you forever. It's the spirit of truth. So you have a spirit that helps you. You have a spirit that will be that with you forever. Not only that, in John 14 and 25, he said this. He said, all this I have spoken while still with you. Because he was encouraging, he was, he was trying to encourage his disciples because he told them, I got to go to the Father. And they was discouraged by that because Jesus was leaving them. But he said, listen, I'm basically not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you my spirit to live in you and be with you. I'm telling you, he's just that good. He said, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So next thing that the Holy Spirit does, he said he will, and first off, he's sent in the Father name. The Spirit comes from the Father, Father God. As you've seen in Matthews, it said that the, the Spirit of God, the heavens open, the Spirit descending upon Jesus uh, from God uh, like a dove. So here it is. He said, we'll teach you all things. So the Spirit not only, uh, uh, not only let you know it will only help you, will not only be there uh, forever, he said it will teach you all things. It will teach you how to live godly life. It will teach you and, and correct you and say things like, hey, Terrence, you need to, you need to check that that wasn't right. Uh, 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 brother, you need to check that because right. it will teach you all things. It will teach you the word of God. It will teach you how to live right, how to be like Christ, how to live in this fallen world. It will teach you those things. And he said, listen, not only that it will teach you, it will remind you of everything that God has said. So when you're faced with people, when you're facing circumstances and, and you don't know where to turn, I'm telling you, the word of God, he will remind you of what God, who God is. He will remind you of what Jesus has done in your life. He will remind you that you can make it. He will remind you and encourage you to keep going. It's a spirit in the inside. Full of power. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but your pastor don't have no learning. And I'm going to say it just like that. I ain't, been to no, I, I ain't been to no Bible college. I ain't been to no studying or none of that. It was the Holy Spirit who taught me. I didn't learn this on my own. It was the Holy Spirit that taught me and trained me and guided me and led me. So when you say, man, well, Terrence, man, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I don't do that. I'm telling you, you have a power in the inside that's able to teach you all things. Teach you everything that you need to know. 
Some of them like, man, Terrence must have studied. No, Terrence just been communion with the Holy Spirit to have been able to open my eyes so that I may see the scripture for what it says. So God, open my eyes so that I can see and I can learn so that I can be able to teach others. It is only him. I ain't go to school. I want to. But that's not what he had for me. When he told me, I'm calling you to Indiana, I said, man, what in the world are you talking about? I ain't never preached a sermon in my life. Never. Until I got here. You can't tell me that the Holy Spirit isn't real and that power is not real. It is him living on the inside. So you, you, you look at me and say, well, you know, I remember some people like, well, you know, Terrence, you maybe, you know, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not all this, I'm not all that. I'm telling you, I was once that. I'm telling you, I was once where you were. Once where you were. Believe it or not, Terrence was an introvert. Yeah, she laughed like, huh? <laughs> you ask my wife, Terrence didn't like people. Terrence didn't like to be around people. Terrence didn't like that. And I'm going to share something with you because we family. Terrence was afraid of white people. <laughs> she say something every time about Terrence. Terrence was afraid of white people. Terrence was, felt like he was inferior and afraid, literally. All the way up into college. But it was the Holy Spirit that lives in me that prepared me for this ministry. It is the Holy Spirit that lives in me and inside of you. What is the difference? The difference is I allowed it to do its work. The difference is you have to allow the Spirit to do the work. Well, you say, Terrence, I don't have that gift, I don't have this, I didn't have this experience. Allow the Spirit to do it work. The Bible said, do not quench it. Last week I talked about how the, the serpent came in, he still was whispering those lies that he always continued to whisper in your ears and try to get you to do the things that are opposite to the, uh, to the Word of God. See, but when you have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God talks to you. Y'all, y'all might be looking at me crazy, but I'm gonna give you an example. I'm gonna make you understand this, okay? Cause y'all looking at me like you got voices in your head, man. <laughs> yes, you do too. You just ain't gonna say it out loud. <laughs> it's just like in the movies when you see the devil and the angel pop up on your shoulder, and the devil was whispering these things in your ear and trying to get you to do the things that it wants you to do. And then this still small voice says, hey, don't do that. But see, oftentimes, more, more so than none, we listen to the voice that says do it. And the spirit voice is so quiet and it's saying, no, don't do it. But we lean, we, our soul, our mind make a, uh, a decision that says, I, I'm going to listen to this voice. Because this voice feels good. Because this, this voice gratifies the flesh. This voice is what's going to make me feel good. But 
I don't know about you, when you listen to that voice afterwards, you feel bad. <laughs> you feel bad, like, I know I shouldn't have done that. And that's conviction of the Holy Spirit. See, once upon, a your t- once upon a time in your life, when you didn't come to know Christ and you was out in the world and you did things that, uh, that now you probably be ashamed of and wish you never done, you, you used to have no, you used to didn't care about what you did. You used to didn't care about what you did. But once you got in the right relationship with the Lord and the feeling of the spirit that's in us, now you're convicted of the things that you have done. You say, well, that ain't right. I need to change that. Lord, forgive me. It'll teach you. It'll remind you of everything he has said to you. He said in John 15 and 26 and 27, ah, hallelujah. He said, listen, he said, when the African comes, I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. He will testify about me. And you also must testify. For you have been with me from the beginning. That word testify means to tell, to our testimony. So when you're thinking about, hey, pastor, I'm not a, a pastor, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not this, but you do have a testimony. When I was looking up the Greek word for testify, I was studying this, and it was talking about uh, uh, to, to, to show, to tell the experience thereof, your testimony. Your testimony about what? Testify about who? The one who saved your life. All of us can say, hey, man, I got a testimony of how God, how God moved through my life, how God brought, made a way out of nowhere, how God clothed me, how God covered me, how I was supposed to lose my life, but I'm here today. I have a testimony. That testimony just don't belong to you. That testimony needs to be to other people. You know why? Because, listen. People sometimes don't want to hear the Bible. They want to see it. Your testimony gives them hope. It gives them a hope in a sense of saying, hey, if I, if Terrence can go through those things, and if Terrence can endure these battles, if Terrence can endure all these things in his life, then maybe that God that he's serving Uh, Maybe that God that she's serving can do the same thing. Maybe he can bring me out of this. Maybe if I put my trust in him, that he, that Jesus, that God will bring me out of this. See, you you, you go through things for a reason, for a purpose. Notice I said going through. That means that you're not going to stay where you're at. But your, 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 what you've gone through in your life should be a testimony to other of what Jesus has done for you. So it may help them be a testimony. Listen, be a testimony. It ain't a, listen, when you're doing your testimony, it ain't, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example to help you out when you're at the dinner table at Thanksgiving. Let me tell you about what God has done for my life, brother. I see that you're going around, going down the wrong, but let me tell you what this Jesus means to me. 
Let me tell you one day when a gun was to my head and I thought I was going to lose my life. Let me tell you when I was called niggas and all this stuff in, in my face and, and held down to the at gunpoint by a police officer. Let me tell you how hard it was to watch one, not one house burned down, but two houses burned down in my face. Let me tell you, brother, and listen, I, and not just that, my brother who had a gun to his head, my brother who went through a windshield of a car and they didn't know how to even uh, put his face back together. Let, let me tell you how just this week my, my, my brother child just died. Let me tell you how good this Jesus is to me. Because listen, right when you feel like you're about to lose your mind, he steps up the spirit of God, encourages you and builds you up and say you're going to make it. I tell you, that's who my Jesus is. He loves me just that much. And not only me, brother, not only me, sister, he loves you just the same. You share your testimony. The baby was going to be born just here in December. Went to the doctor. The baby ain't moving. Come to find out the baby's dead. Don't know the cause of it. She's dead. And on top of that, the doctor said, well, she's going to have to carry it for another week. Dead baby in his stomach. What can you say to your brother when he got to watch his daughter be pulled out, and the first time he see it, she ain't alive. To that, for some people, will be enough to lose their faith. For some people, that'll be enough to lose their mind. But since my brother had this spirit of God living in him, He's the one that's keeping them. Not saying it ain't going to hurt. Not saying that it ain't going to be sometimes unbearable. Not saying that it's, you, you may question some things. But he is still holding on to his faith. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even say anything to him when I called him. I didn't have the words to say. What you, what you going to say to him? But then he posted on Facebook. He said, I'm serving notice to Satan. That you can't have my mind, you can't have me. That I belong to Christ. That only comes from the spirit that's in me. You know what his testimony is going to be one day? It's going to be powerful, man. And it's going to save some people. It's going to bring others to Christ that endure things like that. I have endured those things. Because listen, nobody don't want nobody talking to them if they ain't never been through the thing that they're going through. How can you say, Terrence, do, uh, how can you say, Terrence, uh, stop drinking if you ain't never had a problem with alcohol? How can you say, uh, be, you know, be still and wait on God when, when your child, you never experienced death of a child? How can you say 
these things. That's when your testimonies come in. Let me tell you that you'll make it through because I've been there, done that, and he's still with me today. Just when you don't know if you ever lost a child, but I don't ever want to go through that in my life, I tell you. But see, listen, when you lose a child, I see how my brother is just in agony. Agony. But he ain't stopping. He ain't stopping. Please just keep him in prayer and that family in, in prayer for that. He was just getting closer to the Lord. He was just getting stronger in this relationship. And then that happened. Please uplift him. He said it in John 16, he said this. He said, unless I go away, the advocate would not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. The advocate, this other word for prove, would be convict. He would convict the world to be in the wrong about sin. Not only that the, the, the advocate help, not only that the advocate teach, not only that the advocate, the Holy Spirit reminds you. He said the Holy, the Holy Spirit will convict you of some things. What conviction means that says, hey, he brings things that are not like God to your attention. Ain't you glad, though? Ain't you glad that he brings those things that are not like him to your attention? Ain't you glad he's saying, hey, you need to repent of those things. Hey, you need to go to your brother and sisters and apologize for where you were acting. Ain't you glad that he's give you that, that, that conviction to say, hey, you shouldn't have talked to your wife like that. You might need to go correct that. I get that sometimes. Amen. A lot. And she just sit there wait like, I knew it was coming. He, was going, he got you, didn't he? And she looked at me, he got you, and I said, yes, he did. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't even said that. So it, it convicts you, but I'm glad that the Spirit convicted us about the sin that we're in, because what the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is there for, to make us into the image of his Son, to make us holy, and that what he does, he convicts us of these things so that we can correct it, and that we can be led and guided by the Spirit that lives in us, this power that lives in us. He said, I'm approved, I'm a convict. The word to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. He said about sin because the people do not believe in me. He said about righteousness. Hallelujah. In the next slide to come, he said about sin because the people do not believe in me. And he said uh, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer and because judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Y'all don't know when to shout. I'm telling you right now. Listen here. <laughs> he said the prince of this world, he's talking about the enemy. The prince of this world now stands condemned. That word condemned means he is sentenced to death. The prince of this world has now stands sentenced to death because of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, I, I'm a, I listen about sin because the people do not believe in this Jesus. He said about righteousness, what righteousness is, it's basically saying I'm in right standing with God. 
The old, the old law, you had to do a whole lot of things to try to be in right standing with God. Now, he said, listen, you just believe in me and you're a credit to the righteous. He said, Abraham believed God and he was a credit to the righteous. That means now, I was, I, once I was wrong uh, and away from, uh, from the Lord, and now I've been made right with him through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment. Because the prince of this world, Satan, has been condemned. It's a difference between condemnation, condemn, uh, and, and conviction. Those who are in Christ are not condemned. He doesn't condemn. He doesn't sentence you to death. He didn't come so that you can uh, so that you can die in your sins. He came so that you have life and life more abundantly. That's the reason why he came. He don't condemn, but the Spirit convicts us. He's saying, listen, the things that you're doing, what the Spirit does, he said, the things that, like, you do something wrong, he, it, it, say, it says, hey, brother, hey, sister, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have did that. So the Spirit convicts us. He said, I have much to say to you, more than you can now bear, because they just imagine the disciples been walking with Jesus for this long, and then he said, I got to go. He just resurrected, revealed himself. He said, I got to go. And they, they, they are hurt. He said, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the spirit guide us. And I'm going to give you an example of this, a today example of the spirit guidance. Somebody had told me, I forgot, maybe my brother or somebody had said, hey, man, it's a, it's a man. Did you see that man holding a sign on the courthouse square? He was holding a sign about Jesus. Am I right? I said, no, nah, man, I wish I would have met him. I would have came and hugged him, and we would have been holding the sign together. <laughs> so I, I guess like a couple months passed, and... Uh, it was raining one day, and I was driving back to work from our lunch break. And there was a guy pushing the car, and there was an older gentleman in the, in, the, in, the, in the driver trying to steer it to the gas station. They ran out of gas. Nobody wouldn't help him. So, of course, I'm jumping out, and I'm running down. They go help him and push the, gas, push the car into the gas station. Right then, the brother prayed for me to... He just, he just grabbed my shoulder and started praying. I was surprised that people still do that. So I was like, wow, he just prayed for me. Like, what? So I'm like, hey, what church you go to then, man? And he told me the name of the church. And he said, hey, we're starting. We got a revival. You want to come by? And I said, you know, I may come by. But right then the spirit was leading me. He said, I want you to go that day, that evening. Somehow or another, I forgot, didn't go, disobedient me. But it was one day on a Sunday, and the Spirit would not allow me to sleep, man. I was, it was around 7, maybe 8 o'clock. And he's saying, go to that place. The church that he said. I said, Lord, the church service is over with by now. I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, I know they had the evening, but it's over with. He said, go to the place. So I hop up, and I put my clothes on. My wife looking at me like, uh, where you going? <laughs> I said, the Lord is telling me, to, I got to go. So I get there. As soon as I walk in, 
these two guys, and one of the guy that the guy that I helped push his car, uh, he was arguing over the Trinity. They was arguing over Jesus, and both of them were saying the same thing. It was so crazy. Only one word were different. And both of them were saying the same exact thing. And they said, hey, what you think about it? And they didn't know I was a pastor neither. So I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> they didn't know I'm about to preach a whole sermon right now. <laughs> they didn't know what they got themselves into. So I said, well, you know. I said, here's the bottom line. I said, hey, I said, do you believe in Jesus? I said, do you believe that Jesus, the son of the living God, and he came, uh, he died for us and resurrected and then gave us his spirit? He said, yeah, I believe. Of course I believe that. And I asked the, asked the guy the same thing. I said, do you believe? I said, do you believe in this Jesus and that we have life in him? He said, of course I believe. I said, then why are we having this conversation? Because they look at the, 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 the little things. When Jesus needs to be the subject. So he sent me there to correct them, to tell them that Jesus is the subject. Why are we quarreling against each other? Why are we dividing against each other when all things point to this Jesus? We can't agree on anything else. We can agree on Jesus. Come to find out that guy that I was talking to and that guy that I helped push the car was the same guy at the courthouse with the Jesus sign. Not joking. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's just that good. He's just that good, but it's the leading, it's the guiding of the Spirit. The greatest guiding story I ever had was me coming to here. Me coming here. He guided me. I struggled a little bit too, though. I was like, hold on now, Lord. You're talking about another state. You didn't even say another county. You said another state, like two states up. Like it is, the weather is not right. It's cold. I like that Georgia weather. But he led and guided me, and the Spirit leads you and guides you to a place, man, where you grow and you allow him to just manifest himself through you. To, for that growth in that relationship with the Father, you have to allow him to do his work. Sometimes we quench that spirit. We don't listen to it. All of us hear that voice that says, do this, and we say, I can wait out. Maybe next thing, ah, you know. Nah, we got to listen to it. And I, in John 20, in John 20, uh, uh, I'm going to... Jesus was resurrected. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me bring it to a point. Jesus was resurrected, okay? And he revealed himself to the 12, except for John. John wasn't, uh, not John, Thomas wasn't there uh, at the time. When Jesus came in, the door was locked. He said, peace be still. And he revealed himself as, the, as, as he's been resurrected. Before he did that, Mary, uh, Mary was at the tomb, and uh, he didn't, she didn't recognize Jesus as the resurrection until Jesus called her name. When he said Mary, she recognized who he was. She shall hear and obey his voice. But he, and then and she said Rabboni, which means teacher, and then she ran back to tell the others. Notice this, when I'm talking about being a witness, she saw the resurrected Christ and she ran back to tell others about 
the resurrected Christ. And when she told them, Peter and the disciple who he, who, uh, that, that Jesus loved, which was John, race to it. I got to see for myself. And they get there, and he's not there. Next thing you know, Jesus appeared in the room. Peace be still. And they was such amazed by this. And then at the, listen, at the belief that Jesus was resurrected, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. But Thomas wasn't there. So Thomas, man, Thomas, had, Thomas struggled in his faith throughout his walk with, the, with Jesus. Even though he saw the miracles, he still struggled. And I don't know how he did that. But anyway, he said, now Thomas, in John 20, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, uh, one of the twelve was not with the disciple when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him. So they seen Jesus. They ran and told Thomas, like, he's resurrected. He's, they was being a witness to what they experienced. So you too should be a witness to what you have experienced through your life. Run and tell somebody. Amen. He said, we have seen the Lord. That's what he said. Oh, but Thomas like, nah, brother, I seen him on that tree. I seen him on that cross. And he was, I'm telling you, he was dead as a donut. He was gone. That's how Thomas felt. Nah, ain't no way in the world he can endure that and come back up again. So, uh, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hand. And put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. I will not believe. That's what Thomas said. That's what Thomas said. I guarantee you for the ones that who are in here, we can name some of the Thomases in our family. At least one Thomas in our family. Or a friend that said, I will not Believe. It's a man named Jesus that can change anything. So a week later, notice before I go there, notice that the disciples told him that they had seen the resurrected Christ, right? So there was a witness. They told him what they experienced. Thomas said, I ain't going to believe that. But the word of God never goes back void. So when you speak this testimony about Jesus, something's going to stick, in other words. So a week later, you may not see it right then. But he said a week later, his disciple was in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Hmm? Thomas probably fell over it. Then he said to Thomas, he said, put your finger here and see my hands. Then he said, reach out your hand and put it into my side. He said, stop doubting and believe. I'm here to tell you that 
by you being a witness, and just because, just because they said, listen, I don't want to hear about your Jesus. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it. I, I don't believe in a God. I don't believe. That's good for you, baby. You have your faith. I don't believe in that. Just because they say they want to hear it, when they hear the word about Jesus, something sticks. You may not see it right then, but later, somebody's going to come along and water that seed that you planted. And they're going to come back to you, uh, hopefully they'll come back to you and say, man, you remember you told me your testimony? You remember you told me what Jesus did in your life and how he's the resurrected king? You remember that? I know that now because I believe in him. He has set me free from myself. Hallelujah. He said, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. He said, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are those who haven't seen him but yet believe. You know why we believe? Because somebody, Luke, Paul, John, wrote these things in Scripture. And now what we call the Bible. And we have read it and understand it. And now we believe because they were eyewitnesses. To Jesus. If they were never wrote it, if they were never put it in here, we wouldn't know about this Jesus. There was a witness of the event that happened so that we may believe. So what we're supposed to do and continue forth being a witness so that others may believe. He promised them in Acts chapter 1, man, and I'm, 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 I'm wrapping it up. In Acts chapter 1, he promised, said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized uh, with water, uh, uh, for John baptized with water, but, but Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He said, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you, are, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. So it was asking him, when are you going to restore this? When are you going to come back? When are you going to restore the kingdom? He says, not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set on his own authority. But he said this, and I don't know if you, got, if you ain't got it by now, you're about to get it now. He said, in, in verse 8, he said, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness to Jerusalem and to all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I've been telling you, Kelly Cross, and I've been telling you for those who believe and those who believe in Christ and have been baptized and things like that have been given this gift, been given this power to live on the inside that, that, that makes you more than a conqueror through who? Through Christ who living in you. He said, listen, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Greater is the Holy Spirit that lives in me than in, in the world. So listen, he said, those who are born of God overcomes the world. To be born of God, to know God, and to have a relationship with God, and to have the Holy Spirit living inside this power that he's talking about. 
Imagine if you realize that you have this power in the inside. Imagine if you realize that, hey, I'm going to allow this power, allow this spirit to teach me, to guide me, to lead me. I'm not going to do it on my own initiative. I'm not going to do my own plans. I'm not going to try to do it on my own. I'm going to allow the spirit to lead me, to guide me, to teach me, to help me so that I can reach all truth, so I can have a closer relationship with God. You got power living in the inside. You got dominion. He gave you power over things, man. You got to understand what you possess in the inside. You got power over this. I I can't stand when we give the devil too much credit, though, sometimes. He was defeated a long time ago. He was defeated when they said it was finished. He meant what he said. We crushed his head then. You have power and dominion over him because you got the greater one living in the inside. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. That greater one, that greater one is what's going to transform us into the image of his son. He said, I want you to be holy. That's why the spirit came and he's transforming us to be holy. Set apart for the rest of the world for a purpose that he has chosen. That's what holy means. Sons and daughters of the living God. He said, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the cloud hid him from the sight. And they were looking intently up, up, up in the sky uh, as he was going. And when he suddenly, and suddenly two men were dressed in white, stood beside them. So just imagine you're talking to Jesus, and boom, he said, the ascension happened where he going up into heaven. And then two men dressed in white, hallelujah. Two angels standing next to him. He said, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. If you didn't know, now you know he's coming back. Listen, he's coming back for his children. He's coming back for the spirit that lives in us. He's coming back and we must be ready. He's coming back. He said, listen, why are you still standing here looking? In other words, he's saying, listen, go do the work that he told you to go do. Don't stand here looking and waiting. He said, listen, go be the witness. He's coming back. Don't worry. You'll see him again. Don't worry. Be happy. Because you've been sealed with the Spirit of God for the day of redemption to come. He's coming. And for those of us who believe in Him, you rest assured we'll be meeting Him in the air. He's coming back the same way. He came, I'm telling you, sometimes I get to that point in my life and I say, Lord... The sooner the better. Now, I can't go another day. Feel like I can't. And then the Spirit say, yes, you can. Keep going. Keep proclaiming the gospel. Because as many of your brothers and sisters, the many of people that, that you have seen don't know me. The reason why we need to be the witness, the reason why we need to, to share the gospel, the reason why we need to share our testimony of Jesus and what he has done in our life. He said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, he said, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. 
neither the sexual immoral, nor the idolater, nor the adulterer, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. None of them. How can something unclean enter into a heavenly, holy place? This is the reason why we should be witnessing. This is the reason why we should tell them, hey, man, I ain't no pastor or preacher, man, but I'm going to tell you what Jesus done for me, man. Can I tell you about him? Can I tell you what he done for me in my life and why I believe in what I believe in? Because the time is coming. I'm telling you, we're living in the last days, man. It's crazy out here. People shooting up stuff all the time now. He said that this, what some of you were, But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. He said, and this is who some of you were, and this is who I was, was. But then he washed me in the blood, made me clean, sanctified me, sanctified me. And now we are justified, not on our own intention, but we're justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in us. That Spirit is going to transform us into a holy people. I'm going to say this over and over again. He wants us to be holy. It's a command. Be holy if I am holy. He wants us to be holy. And sometimes we got away from that topic of holiness and sometimes you may look at me and say, well, Pastor, well, he, I don't think he really meant that. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, he really meant it. Uh, holiness is what he is. Love is a byproduct of his holiness. And just in case you didn't believe me, I, I, I hope I have the picture up here. Do we still have the picture of, 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 this, of this? You might not be able to read this. But it says holiness. He said the person, the work... And the power of the Holy Spirit is the fundamental to who we are as people. We unbashedly own the truth that the Spirit can transform us, possess us, equip us, empower us. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us and makes us holy. Set us apart for sacred service and seal us for the eternity's sake. It is the Spirit that convicts us of sin and enables us to overcome sin. It is the Holy Spirit that can breathe supernatural gifts into us for Jesus' sake. He is the comforter promised by Jesus in the witness of our redemption. Just in case you didn't get it, this is the church of God in Anderson. This is their belief of holiness. Just to thank you, just in case you thought pastor was just blowing smoke. Just in case you thought, oh, the Bible, this is the church of God and what they believe. Lord Benoni said we need to get back to the roots of holiness, of the Holy Spirit. The church of God also in that, if you go check that website, the website says Jesus is the subject. We need to get back to that. We need to get back to understanding who we are and what we have 
in us, that it said is there to possess us, is there to equip us for this thing. We need to understand what this Holy Spirit is, and I hope you understand that he's there to help you. He's there to guide you. He's there to teach you. He's there to convict you of the thing that you have done wrong. He's there to help you. Allow it to help you. Allow him to help you. I'm sorry. He's a person. We must be prepared, folks. We must be the witness. Jesus is in heaven. He gave us this gift so we can bring Jesus to the people. If you receive it today, get a lot of hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Folks, I'll tell you what, if you never make a decision in your life, if you haven't made a decision in your life, now is the time. Our world as we know it is full of destruction and evil. And the day when the Son of Man say, enough is enough, I'm coming back. Will you be ready? If you say, well, I don't know, parent, then you need to come. I will show you. I will teach you the scripture so that you can be prepared for the bridegroom. If that's you today, I want you to come to the altar. I'll pray with you. If you say, man, I don't really want to come to the altar, I'm kind of embarrassed by that. Ain't no need to be embarrassed. Ain't nobody got a heaven or hell to put you in. But you want to come to me afterwards. We'll talk about the salvation for your soul. You will say, Pastor, I've been saved. I've been washed. I've been redeemed. But I backslid, man. I keep, I keep backsliding, man. I'm here to tell you that he will forgive all of your sin and you can come back to the almighty king. If that is you, the altar is open. We say, Pastor, that ain't me neither. I just need you to pray for me, man. I will, including the congregation, will pray for you. The altar is open.
Amen. All right. Let's pray because it's 12.06, okay? <laughs> and if I get to preaching again, somebody may throw some stones at me, okay? <laughs> let, us, let us pray. As we know that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he, he likes to 